A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. He went to visit them, and because he practiced the same trade, stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. Every Sabbath, he entered into discussions in the synagogue, attempting to convince both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began to occupy himself totally with preaching the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. When they opposed him and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your heads. I am clear of responsibility. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So he left there and went to a house belonging to a man named Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next to a synagogue. Crispus, the synagogue official, came to believe in the Lord along with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians who heard believed and were baptized. The word of the Lord. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord has revealed to the nations his saving power. The Lord has made his salvation known. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song. Sing praise. The Lord saving power. I will not leave you earth orphans, says the Lord. I will come back to you and your hearts will rejoice. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while later and you will see me. 
So some of his disciples said to one another, What does this mean that he is saying to us, A little while, and you will not see me, and a little while again, and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they said, What is this little while of which he speaks? We do not know we do not know what that means. So Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you discussing with one another what I said? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. The Gospel of the Lord. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. It is this last sentence of the gospel. It's an important statement with regards to the way we as Christians look at human nature as opposed to how the world understands this. So far in my life, most of the time, I have experienced that people want to run away from grief, run away from sadness. It's an emotional state that you rather avoid. It's sometimes even seen as a failure, because shouldn't we all, all try to be positive and bubbly all the time? That may be the best way to attract people and to do business with one another. That may be the best way indeed, but the gospel says, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will become joy. Putting it this way, it seems that grief and sadness are actually a part of the whole package deal of human life. And it is not a failure if you experience that. It suggests that the sadness over the crucifixion itself will change into the gladness of the resurrection. And that is huge if you try to wrap your head around that idea. Because we tend to see sadness as an absolute, something that cannot change, something that leads to death. But apparently it is a phase in the development of our mental state. Like a caterpillar changes into a butterfly. Without caterpillar, no butterfly. Not, I'm saying not that sadness is now a coveted state of mind 
and that we can use that as an investment tool. No, it doesn't work like that. This is about the necessary suffering in someone's life, like the passion was for Christ. Suffering that cannot be avoided, that cannot be retained, because it is destined by God himself to bring fruit, not only for yourself, but for the whole world. I believe it would help so many people tremendously to understand that happiness is not something to chase after. The pursuit of happiness can be misunderstood. Happiness is something that wells up from the inside. If we have the right disposition towards God, it happens by itself. And the book of Acts in the first reading proves that effectively. Look at the frustration of St. Paul towards the failure of him to evangelize the Jews. This frustration was meant to be. How otherwise could he have moved beyond that to the Gentiles? Because this shift in ministry would bring the whole world to Christ, including us. Without that shift, Christianity would not have existed beyond a little tribe, a little sect within the Jewish religion. And now it's a world religion. I still remember, brothers and sisters, this one person, while I was working with so-called young adults back home in Holland. Now, a little side note, I just detest the word young adults. If you are 20, 25, you're an adult. <laughs> I remember many of you in their youth, they were having all the full responsibilities of youth, of, of adults, sorry. And nowadays you see sometimes youth ministries or young adult ministries that are effectively a license for immaturity. We don't want that to happen. Now, this young woman in the so-called young adult ministry shared with me a revelation she had. She said, ah, so life does not have to be fun all the time. She found so much peace in the truth that fun is not a condition for happy life but it's a product of the work we do for the kingdom of God. And that product, that happiness, is not as fickle as the joys that we pursue. This one is earned by God and given freely by God to us, and it will last forever.
and trusting in the promises of God, let us now bring our needs and intentions before him today. For all members of the church, may we be empowered by the Holy Spirit in preaching the good news to all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For rulers of nations, may the Lord raise up courageous, honest, and forthright men and women to hold these positions of power. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who struggle with doubt or to understand God's movement in their lives, may they be led to deeper trust through Christ's love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For this faith community, may God console us in our struggles and fill us with his love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all who have passed away, may they rejoice in the presence of God in heaven. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. This morning, we are asked to join in prayer for the repose of the soul of Romeo Santos, one of the pillars of our Spanish-speaking community who was a true witness of the ministry of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Faithful God, hear these prayers that we offer you today through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 